Hello, and welcome to the You Never Forget Your First podcast, the podcast about directors' first films, all the way from Bruges. <laughs> I'm Dom, uh, I'm your host, and we're going to be diving into Martin McDonald's 2008 directorial debut in Bruges in this episode. Uh, we'll also be covering a great short, we've got a game, we've got questions, we've got Bruges, I mean, we've got everything we could possibly want. Um, I've got some hosts with me so we have Benass. hey 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 we have sparrow hello and we have louis hi there louis you're back <laughs> you're back because the fans wanted more of you after thunder road thunder road well i give the people what they want no wait the emails are, are flooding in people are people are asking if you can <laughs> calm down everybody god i'm here it's fine i'm in bruges all I'm right in, i'm in bruges I feel like this one needs a kind of warning swearing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Irish accents in In Bruges might become a thing on this episode. Yeah. Um, just so everyone knows. Also, just covering this. Spoilers, obviously. Spo- oh, oh my God, first we did it. Time. No, first time ever. First time. Um, we've hit over, we're almost hit 250 downloads all time. Ooh. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Moving up. And all, yeah. around, all around pat on the back. All around pat on the back. Well done, team. Yeah, well pat, done. Pat, pat. Really, really good. Right, so I'm off. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, what's everyone been watching? What's uh, What's been the... I've watched the... the um, <laughs> cool. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Dom and I went to see um, Booksmart last week. Uh, have you guys seen that? Yeah. 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 Pretty great film. Pretty great film. Um, it's been struggling financially, but... Uh, has it? I mean, I we'll, maybe we'll co- cover more of this later, but... What is it? in Has It Been Struggling? Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know the budget, do we? Yeah, which is there seemed to be quite a lot of hype around it. I think yeah. it's I think it's just it feel it, maybe it just feels like it should be there should be more kind of uh, more buzz. Yeah, more, more, it's more a buzz great, about it's such film. a great movie. It, it's yeah, yeah. It, everyone should go and see it. It's it's kind of like a I don't want to say it's exactly like super bad because it isn't. But yeah, true, true. But it's, it's hard not to compare it. Given yeah, that it's but it's also got a bit of structure, a tiny bit of days and confused thrown in that's, there. That's what oh, I yeah. thought. I thought yeah. it was a good mix of super bad and um, days and confused vibe in there. Yeah. Um, are we allowed to use spoilers on this, or should we not? For Booksmart, yeah. no, I don't. I don't want to spoil. I've seen spoilers, it, yeah. so that would be. Oh, well, yeah. that really would be a spoil. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be <laughs> spoiled, <laughs> spoiled in the. Own, that's like meta spoiling. Yeah. We're spoiling people who are on the podcast. All right, fine. So. Yeah, we're not going to say anything more about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, great film. Definitely something to go watch. Um, Directed by Olivia Wilde, who's it's her directorial debut. So once oh, yeah, Sparrow yeah. has seen it, we'll definitely cover it on the pod because it is well worth well worth a watch. Yeah. Um, I've seen Toy Story 4, which Same. we've talked about. We mm-hmm. will cover in a later episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think actually it's interesting that those two came out about the same time and it might be part of the reason that it has been struggling to get that buzz because yeah. if there's and one like, huge film in that everyone wants to go see, yeah, it probably means that people go to see the other one less. Yeah, I mean, it was released just, what, like a bit after Avengers? Yeah, yeah. and so, Space yeah. competing with Spider-Man. Yeah, it's unfortunate maybe. timing. It was just terrible timing. And anything mm. released around Avengers is just <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. useless. <laughs> just no uh, big names as well, actually. Sorry, we keep going back to Booksmart. Yeah. But no, Lisa Kudrow is obviously in it. Oh, um, yeah. But like, like, for a yeah, second. Phoebe from Friends is... Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. who are the biggest names up. in? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the name of the guy, but, uh, the, the principal? Um, he's like a Saturday Oh, night. Jason Sudeikis. He's yeah. married to Olivia Wilde. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, that's why he's in it. That's, but uh, They got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got him for free. <laughs> but you agreed when you came into this marriage that you would be in my first film. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've seen, yeah, Toy Story uh, books. So I watched Finished Fleabag, which Lou and I briefly Amazing. chatted about on the way here. Still not seen it. 
Oh, it's really fantastic. good. I mean, it lived up to the hype. I think. Um, I had had a big big fight with everybody last because fight, people people fight, can't fight. people can't talk about about it without without getting their their emotions high because either people think it's so amazing that you just don't understand how amazing it is, yeah. or they're really angry that it's really good but it's not as good as everybody says it is. So everyone yeah. kind of agrees it's great. It's got it's got, it's got a big hype. I mean, we're about to see a bit more of Phoebe, I think, in um in the Bond things right now. She's uh she's been hired by the Bond it. franchise to, yeah, to yeah. kind of rewrite it. I think Bond could do with a with a updated writer. I think there's been the same couple of people writing it f- yeah. for a while from what I understand. If anything it's gotten worse. Like Spectral was shit. I didn't I didn't Spectral was was not great, but Skyfall was was amazing. Skyfall was. Spectral wasn't as bad as like Quantum of Solace. But, That's um, the notoriously bad one. That yeah. No yeah, one, yeah, yeah. No one yeah. knows what the name means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what does it mean? It means a little bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it means a, bl- a black <laughs> hole of silence. Yeah. <laughs> Something like give or take. Um, and Andrew Scott was obviously Fleabag as well, and he's been having a bit of an amazing year. Yeah. He's, um, he was Inspector, wasn't he? He yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. He's right. Uh, he's C. Somewhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they, they joke that he that stands for you know. Yeah, he's been. <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. Tearing it up this year as well. Has yeah, he? he was great in in Fleabag. Mm. Oh, right, he's in. He's Black been doing a lot of stage has, stuff. Oh so yeah, he, he was had, in Black he Mirror. Had, he had yeah. Black Mirror, yeah. Yeah. and then he's, he did Hamlet a couple of years ago, and now it just he's doing an old coward play now, which okay. is apparently amazing. Um, I've started the U.S. Office, which oh, is long. great. It's a wonderful journey that you're it's, about to embark. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. One thing which is great, Sparrow will like this as well. Is this is twenty minute episodes. Perfect. Oh, yeah, so you, you can just whack, you whack them on. You're just laughing the whole way through. Easy, through, uh, simple storyline. So are you are you in the first series at the moment? I'm on the second series. Right. Um, last thing I was just going to say, which is relevant to Martin McDonough a little bit, mm-hmm. is I've seen the Woody Harrison live in London film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which um, what's that? They kind of look alike. In 2004, yeah. Woody Harrison or 2003 or something, he had some mad night out in London in real life mm. where he got like arrested by the police. He had this mad night and basically he's decided to turn it into a film. Oh my God, but what awesome. he did was he filmed the, he planned the film. It's like a journey across London over one night, but it's live. Right. So although I watched like a record, a record of it, it was actually live and streamed to cinemas while he oh. did it. Oh, so it's every, like and, there was, and it's one shot. Wow! Hope someone was recording. <laughs> yeah, well, they said they did. They did some run-throughs of it, and like half an hour through, they were like in a taxi going around London because he he was drunk in this scene, and the taxi driver picked him up, and they just lost connection. Oh wow! Was it, was it presumably it was scripted? It was. It wasn't kind of improv. Yeah, it was scripted. I mean, yeah. Owen Wilson turns up in like a random <laughs> club in London, and they have this massive argument about Wes Anderson. And Woody, Woody Harrison's like, I just don't like Wes. I don't like his movies. And Owen's like, Well, you know, it's all whatever. It's all. And he's like, I don't like Wes. And he's like, really, He's really drunk. Did that happen in real life as well? Did I, uh, well, he says it's all drawn from his experience. So, mm. but uh, yeah, live in London, it, it was worth the watch. It cool. was. It's, it's definitely an ambitious movie. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he has an argument with a taxi driver and like runs out of the taxi and runs down the street, and you know, like the cameraman yeah. is having to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more just like the actual to do it in one take. There's so many things that go wrong. I mean, what, yeah. what if there's like an actual traffic jam? Yeah, you just stuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Sounds worth a watch. I've been watching BBC's uh, Years and Years, which is a pretty amazing uh, show. It's this kind of dystopian six-part uh, series, single single season, but you know, six-part series, and um, it's basically the next ten years, uh, kind of fast-forwarded year by year. Each episode kind of goes forward a couple of years, uh, and it's just like life in Britain if everything kind of goes to shit. There's like a loose 
Trump lines in there. Yeah, like, well, I mean, it basically, have you ever read um, the 21 lessons for the 21st century thing? No. Yuval Harari, Sapiens. The guy, yeah. the guy called Yuval Harari who wrote Sapiens, he, he's written three books on that kind of trilogy now. Um, and the third one is called 21 lessons for the 21st century. And it's all kind of about where we're going in the 21st century based on current themes, things that are going on in the world. And it kind of, I think it's almost like the writers of this show kind of read that and said let's let's put this to test and dramatize it in the uk yeah uh, it's really interesting really good watch is emma thompson yeah it? yeah she yeah. plays this kind of like trump uk version of trump this kind of populist <laughs> politician who that's quite interesting yeah it's is um, that bbc did you say yeah bbc nice storming it oh, okay. yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, okay. really good really good seems to be the age of the miniseries as in like chernobyl yeah. years yeah. and years like these standalone yeah, Gianni Versace. You finished Chernobyl recently, Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. I finished it. You yeah, finished yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't Luke. finished it. Yeah, I haven't no. finished it. God, I can't remember if we talked about this in the last episode. Might have. Let me have touched have. on it. I'm going to cut cut this out <laughs> if we have. Is that but good? If we haven't, if you mention I, it again, we, we're going to fall out. I, yeah, uh, I will. I just got throw. <laughs> I just got a shout. <laughs> shout at it again. <laughs> As in, like radioactive like, fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best jokes are the ones that take a while. It took me a second. We just got to say, Craig Craig Mazin, who wrote it, it wrote like The Hangover and Hangover Three and like Scary Movie and all these random the American ones. comedies, yeah. And then suddenly wrote Chernobyl, which I thought was amazing. He also has a podcast called Script Notes, which is great. Shout out to them if they want to shout out to us sometime. <laughs> it's, a sol- it's a solid pod. I I thought I'd just throw in a little bit of film news. Just a few things that I've read recently, which I thought was was worthy of mention. That Baz Luhrmann's doing an Elvis Presley movie. What did mm. Baz do last? Baz did a TV series, but the oh, you're talking about movie d- wise, the TV series, the Netflix, uh, the, uh, the Get Down or whatever. Yeah, the, about so, the about hip hop, yeah, history yeah, of hip hop, yeah. and then that obviously failed. he did um, Gatsby. Yeah, but he's oh, been yeah, off Gatsby. to see him for a while. Yeah, I, I quite like Baz as a director. I think he's just out Baz, there. Yeah, yeah, just brings an aesthetic to everything I've I've seen. Like it's really strong, kind of mimicable yeah. aesthetic. It the, does the, the Get Down yeah, was good. But it, yeah. I don't think it got renewed for a second season or anything like that. It's not anything really like Wes Anderson, but it's sort of like if you just threw a lavish party, yeah, you'd yeah. want Baz Luhrmann yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like planning it. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Gatsby. <laughs> I'm not sure if, if I want to buy a pick on, a, on The King. Yeah, I, I, um, surprising that there hasn't been one yet. The thing is, he's, he's, his story is very, like, it's, a lot of it is similar to, parallel to Johnny Cash's. Yeah. And we, we obviously had Walk the Line. Which was amazing. Walk the Line, yeah. By James Mangold. James Mangold. Yeah. Jay, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. Um. So I just like, don't feel like it needs one. And HBO recently did a docu-series on him as well, which was really good. It was a two-parter. Shout out to James Mangold as well, who's doing that Ford versus Ferrari that movie. Looks, that yeah. looks good. With Kristen good. Bell and, yeah. uh, and Matt Damon. That looks, that looks pretty good. On the hit list. I was reading an interesting thing about, because I remember, I think last time I was on the pod, we were talking about the kind of the impact that Disney and everything coming into the streaming game is going to have. And, mm. and I think um, I was quite optimistically talking about how I think it's probably going to put everyone on their game. It's going to increase yeah. competitivity. <laughs> it's good forever. But I read uh, an interesting article this weekend, which is basically saying the opposite. It was like, basically people have started to realize they can make money through streaming so everyone's just going to take back their content put it behind a paywall so now yeah. viewers need yeah. to pay sort of 17 different subscriptions if they want to access yeah everything. and then there'll be companies that like put all those subscriptions yep. together One yeah, like, yeah. 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 If you and just they pay cost 10 times more right? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. if anything it, it, the whole streaming thing might just implode 
Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, if everyone does it, I'm not paying 17 different yeah. subscriptions. But the only reason I'm watching DVD. the only reason I'm watching <laughs> yeah. the US offers was because I read an article that said it had been pulled off Netflix. I mean, Netflix moves shows shows around, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. always keep them on. No, it's yeah. true. And it, does, just, it never really p- notifies you either. It's like, yep, yeah, it's gone. It's not there anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Planned the whole evening around that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great Gatsby's no longer on? What? <laughs> right, everyone in your costumes and this Gatsby theme party, go home. To be fair, it's, it's always a Netflix treat when you go abroad and it's like a different Netflix. It's yeah. like all these great films. That's true. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. I only realised that maybe two years ago. Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, they when always... I go abroad, I don't just watch Netflix. Though. That's why. Don't you? <laughs> I'm only going abroad to watch Netflix. That's the reason I go. Yeah. What yeah. else is that? Should we go to Portugal? Um, no, I think we should I, go I, to Spain a... because they have... <laughs> should we move on to In Bruges? Cause, uh, in fucking Bruges. We're in fucking Bruges. Yeah. So there's a note on here that says Martin McDonough, Irish descent, and I read that as Irish. Decent. Ah. Um, but yeah, Irish Irish playwright. So, yeah. Well, and screenwriter in this case. Martin McDonough, Irish, de- yeah, Irish parents, but born in the UK. Yep. And he's a big playwright, right? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Ian Wright? He writes plays, right? Um, yeah, yeah, he is. So um, I first came across Martin McDonough when I was way too young to watch one of his um, <laughs> so, his plays. Uh, yeah, so in 2002, he had a play called The Lieutenant of Anishmore out. Okay. Um, which actually just had a rerun. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, they just revived it. And um, it was like last year. And um, it's... It's from this um, trilogy of plays called the Aran Islands trilogy. Okay. And it's incredibly violent. Incredible, like blood, like gallons of blood gets used on in stage. The yeah, it's wow. like full on torture. It's, it's about it. it's about this this guy who is considered too dangerous for the IRA. Um, but yeah, so I was I was eleven and <laughs> nice. went to this. That play. is some parenting. Uh, yeah, just got completely scarred for life. But that's the thing about Martin McDonough is that it's it's terrifying and gruesome and completely unnecessarily like, you know, violent. But it's actually really, really good. And it's it's he kind of blends the kind of tragedy and the comedy together really well. Right. So he was doing that in plays way before doing that yeah for that's forever his, that's his, that's his yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. like that's his last big thing big play was uh, actually well before the last one was Hangman which um is about the, the kind of I the played last that. <laughs> 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 about the last Hangman basically when when they stopped hanging Playing people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah he picks these kind of slightly kind of bleak topics sets them in quite bleak places um and yeah, he's just got this very clever way of never quite letting something become a comedy and never quite letting it become a yeah. tragedy. And it's kind of obviously in the, obviously in the middle. Quite. Yeah, yeah. One of the really, I just going to say one of the standout um, kind of pieces of trivia was that at 27, he had four, four, four um, plays being staged mm. at once mm. in the West End, yeah. which apparently Shakespeare done before. <laughs> Shakespeare only Shakespeare managed. done before. Well, that's not um, a bad person to share a plinth with. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, uh, I thought that was quite interesting. So obviously it was quite a, established playwright before but yeah. I've read he'd always been interested in film yeah so he um, I think I'm right I think he, he, he sort of famously doesn't actually like theatre very much he sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. had he's he had some things before it. where he basically says like oh, there's an art form it's not that great because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he really kind of hates um, the elitism of it I think he, he doesn't like that you know you've got to pay what a hundred pounds to go and see it he yeah. really likes yeah, things yeah. that are more accessible and he doesn't feel like he is one of the people that would go and see his plays Interesting. Do you know what I mean? So, but he's obviously found some affinity for it because yeah. you know, he spent. He's also pretty good at it. 
yeah, yeah. it's just a really good yeah. playwright so i mean and, and it's so much easier to kind of get into that world i guess than it is to get into film I suppose yeah because film is more exclusive to get into yeah but not to watch completely whereas theater is just the other way around isn't it yeah anyone can write a play and then just get some actors together and then put yeah. it on yeah you know, that's interesting it's, i never um, thought about that much more complicated to make a film um but yeah his last play um I haven't. I didn't see it actually, but it was very. Is it, it recent? Split opinion. Yeah, very recent. Sort of. Um, I think it was kind of like November. Last oh, okay. Year. After three billboards. Yeah, right. yeah, and it was. Um, so it was at the Bridge, which is the theatre that was started by this guy called Nick Heitner, who used to be the artistic director at the National, and so he's basically pulled in all of his mates in the theatre world to kind of do exclusive things with with him, and um, and he wrote this play called A Very 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 Dark Matter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which I, I didn't see, but it's basically, it's all about um, Hans Christian Andersen. Okay. So, and it kind of invents that basically he didn't write any of his stuff. He had this like, this slave that he kind of like imprisoned. <laughs> oh, and shit. then that, that slave kind of wrote all of... <laughs> and he wrote, and, he wrote The Little Mermaid and a lot of the, the Disney yeah, kind yeah. of stories, right? Okay. So I, I didn't see it, but that that was very controversially received. And um, a lot of people just didn't think it was any good. So he's actually had a bit of a, a rough kind of year in the critic's eyes it must have been so hard after the after Oscars. the Oscar yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was but, it yeah. his brother that got into film first in 2000 he did The Second Death in 2003 he did a film with Heath Ledger called Ned Kelly I think it was called okay Kelly Ned I think it was Ned Kelly actually um, yeah so he was he was doing film before Martin was and he wrote The Guard didn't he his, he wrote his brother. And, he wrote and directed, and directed to God. It, yeah. Um I think Martin with, produced with it. Gleason. Brendan yeah. Gleason and oh, really? yeah. 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 Um, Just loves being used by that yeah, family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are more actors in the world than just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he put Would you his leave son. me alone. <laughs> Didn't Gleason put his son into Martin Short? Yeah. Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. We all, pesky we know, teenager. We know Dom 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 Hall. Yeah, big fan. Dom Hall. Dom or Domnall? Yeah, I'm not sure. This Dom guy's Dom Dom look, I can't speak on behalf of the Dom community. All right, but... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's a good segue, actually, because Martin McDonough seemed to always enjoy cinema, and mm. then he did this short film called Six Shooter, which mm. won the Academy Award for Best Short, short. Film. Yeah, It is half an hour long, so it is still a short film. Yeah, absolutely. And it's got Brendan Gleeson in it, Yeah, and it's got... Dom Gleason in it and he's like a teenager he's got like really it just looks like a sixth former he's got really long hair and yeah. fringe and he's just like leave me alone what are you doing he actually looks like a, clearly like a, obviously our father and son but it just looked like they've done this before yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Change. his hair covered his eyes like you can even see his eyes yeah. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just so emo yeah but Six Shooter I thought was, was brilliant yeah. it was a, a really great film about a guy whose wife dies and he gets a, the train back to his local town presumably and uh, basically comes across this young Irish boy on the train and uh, things ensue from there um, the guy that plays the well not to, well fuck it spoilers um, the, the shooter actually the, yeah. the kid um, I thought just looking at his IMDB now his name is I think it, I might be butchering this but I think it's Rodri Conroy yep um and he kind of just faded to obscurity. He had he'd done more movies, but he he was a really good psychopath. I thought. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. he was I'm, really annoying. <laughs> that was his job, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Um, uh, but that was a great, great short. I did. I read that he just thought he'd make a short film and just give it a go, and if it went well, it, then he would, and then he would he try an Oscar it. for it. I do think there's a there's a a kind of a brand thing going on as well, where um, the film community I think really respects theatre. It's something that it's, you, yeah. it's why you see big film actors kind of going and doing a doing a run or something. It's supposed to I'd like in Birdman, you know, where he talks about how it sort of boosts your profile and makes you considers you as a kind of like serious storyteller and True. instead of doing True. Birdman 4 yeah <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, so I think you know there is something about uh, it's probably served him well in the world of film that he's known in theatre first because I think yeah the, the community respects it it's considered serious storytelling true true more elite storytelling yeah whereas maybe. if you were kind of coming from TV or something I think that, that, that <laughs> people would look down your nose what's true. interesting about uh, also about Six Shooter is that it's it's got the same tragedy comedy I'm not even sure yeah. what the yeah, I what think the that's it. Yeah. infusing of it is yeah and then it follows like uh, yeah it goes a bit darker but then it has that dark humour that uplifts it yeah, yeah very quickly as well it, yeah. it was when the doctor was talking about like a bunch of people dying and like oh yeah they're all dead yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not going anywhere <laughs> it really sets the tone straight away He's, he does that in a lot of his stuff I mean even in, in Bruges I think the first line is like oh yeah and then I shot him I disposed of the gun wash my hands in a Burger King yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's kind of that blend of sort of like that's horrific but also kind of funny yeah. did anyone else think when I heard that that, that he, they said Burger King I was like did they get the rights to say that <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't concentrating at all it was going to be story. McDonald's but they outbid the yeah. <laughs> Burger King <laughs> the King was like no so I got a Whopper and a- <laughs> the King was like we gotta be in, in Bruges yeah. um, so yeah. apparently the inspiration for in Bruges and maybe someone else saw something different but from what I, I understand uh, the inspiration was that he was going to go meet up with a girl and in Bruges in Bruges in Bruges, <laughs> in Bruges and uh, she basically cancelled on him last oh, minute fuck. so he had this hotel room which is apparently the same hotel room in the film yeah I can remember that and it, I suppose in some way that action kind of commit, committed him to the purgatory of Bruges, which yeah, was just... Yeah. Just like, well, I'm here now. Yeah, and he <laughs> said he just walked around and, start, and felt trapped and then got the idea for the film, which I thought was actually great to know that something is almost, I suppose, yeah, a negative scenario of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. story comes well, out of that. So I was doing a bit of reading about, about the film earlier and, and found out that this... Um, it's interesting that we're talking about that he's obviously a playwright and this is his first feature. The the storyline is really similar to a pinter play called The Dumb Waiter. Yeah. And that's basically oh, yeah. a, the same story. It's, it's it's two hitmen who are kind of in this basement and <laughs> turns out that one of them is the is the target. At the yeah. very end it sort of turns uh, out that one okay. of them is the target and then it kind of ends. Because that was adapted into a film, wasn't it? John Travolta. Um, John Travolta, yeah. Oh, really? 78? Yeah. Did, yeah, the trailer for it was like... <laughs> so, it, so green. It was so weird. <laughs> it, the trailer started off and it was like two men. And like it kind of... Okay, where's well, this going? And then there's this like lift they go down. Yeah. And then the trailer kind of stops selling the film and just plays a long scene <laughs> from the film. And you're like, is this the film or is this the trailer? And then, and then it just keeps showing shots of the lift going up and down. And it like it makes this really loud like noise. And you're like what's going on here is this about the lift or <laughs> not sure if that film did well but I think John Travolta's career was sliding down yeah. I think that was before he did Boogie Nights and all that right yeah yeah. was it before so. um, Pop Fiction yeah, yeah it was yeah, way yeah, before yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. he's really young in it I did not know that In Bruges shared so much of a storyline with that yeah. I thought that was really interesting you read that stuff and then you're like well it's basically the same film yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but obviously it's com- completely I think stuff like Different. that is because um, that that play I haven't actually seen that play but but from reading about it it sounds a bit kind of like um, Becker you know like a bit like a Beckett type thing where yeah. you know you're in this kind of slightly surreal sort of 
place that's in between do you know what i mean right. in between spot kind of a bit like waiting for godot where you don't really know where you are and yeah. the, the idea of the dumb waiter is that it's the only access to the outside world and so when it kind of oh, what the lift yeah, that's what. Yeah, oh, that's right. What okay. okay. So Dumb Waiter is one of those things. That's, that's, why, that's why the lift was. Yeah. No. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the name of the play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, so it's where things kind of come up and down, and it's just this kind of like portal to the outside right, world, so giving you the of... sense that they're in this in-between zone. And uh, I wonder okay. if yeah, or something. Like, yeah, exactly. Which is obviously kind of a, a big kind of theme of of in Bruges. But I imagine Bruges. sort of going around in Bruges and expecting to have had a romantic weekend, but not probably feels a bit like being in this kind yeah. of like static in between place where you just don't really know what to do next and i also think that it, it seemed like quite a romantic i mean you've been there right? yeah, yeah it's yeah. nice it, it, it is a romantic city yeah, yeah. so like to you for you to be by yourself yeah it's even more isolating yeah. right all these yeah, couples yeah. around you <laughs> yeah, yeah you're just talking of what else influenced the film this nicholas roeg roeg rogue don't look now movie mm. was a big influence but that movie is basically about uh, is set in Venice and it's these uh, this this man and this woman and the town and it, there's like this storyline about someone being killed but the town the, the actual place of Venice is kind of treated a little bit like Bruges and that it becomes like this trapping place mm. that you can't kind of leave mm. and I think he saw that and thought okay that's how Venice is being treated maybe you can do the same for Bruges because I think the Bruges starts off being quite fairy tale and romantic yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, yeah. actually at the end it starts to become quite haunting yeah. Even in the way it's shot. Yeah. It kind of goes from daytime to nighttime. Yeah. It's also quite, de- it's set at Christmas, right? So it's it's deliberately sort of put at this time, which is where it would be full of warmth and love and families. And, and it makes their their tale within it even more jarring. Do you know what I mean? You should, yeah, yeah. it should be a Family place of just romance yeah. and yeah, loveliness yeah. and everything. And actually you've got these really sort of cold feelings <laughs> chasing <laughs> each other. And you know, the, you know, the film that uh, Jimmy, the um, dwarf and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chloe yeah. that he yeah, meets so him on. That- so that was uh, mentioned that they're doing like an adaptation of, of Don't Look Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an homage is too strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to the head. Not to yeah. the head. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. Anyone yeah. pick up um, certain themes from um, from Six Shooter in Bruges and later in the rest of his fucking career? It's um, So it's White Rabbits shows up again in yeah. Seven Psychopaths. Um, then it's mm. um, getting shot to the head or losing your fucking head. Yeah. Um, if you've seen a deleted scene, uh, Matt Smith yeah. decap- decapitates him. That right. was a weird. That was a weird deleted. We should say that. So there's a there's a, at least 15 minutes of deleted scenes from In Bruges, mm, yeah. and one of them is a young version of Harry, <laughs> who they show because it's mentioned in the movie that he killed the guy that killed yeah, Ken's, Ken's wife. Yeah. Wife. Yeah. yeah. And they show the scene where he walks into a police station and the young Harry's played by Matt Smith two years before Doctor Who, I think. I think so. And he just walks in and just decapitates this guy's head. In a police station. (laughs) In a police station. And obviously, because it's like not finished, it looks a bit crap, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, that was was strange. That was wasn't it? Um, And also, so in the six shooter, the, the lady that kind of throws herself off the train gets decapitated as well. Right. Yes. Um, in three billboards, um, what, I'm going to keep saying spoilers. Um, Woody, no, yeah, Woody, yeah, Woody, Woody yeah. Harrelson's character himself. shoots himself in the head as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he has this thing for you got the dum dums as well, the dum dums, the dum dums, yeah. uh, the uh, alcoves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going on about you? The alcoves. <laughs> <laughs> what is this alcoves? Ah, nooks and crannies. <laughs> ah, yeah, the alcoves. <laughs> The alcoves. Um, the alcoves. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was funny. What's going on to you about the alcoves? 
Uh, I think that guy provides pretty much half of the comedy of the film. Who, the Alcozzi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in fucking Los fucking Angeles. <laughs> On a normal gun for a normal person. It's such a, uh, it's such a I good think that line. is one of Ray Fine's best ever roles. I mean, he's obviously a brilliant actor, but I think it's one of his funniest roles Probably is, I've yeah. ever seen him do. Yeah, he, he plays this brilliant, like... Because his character is so kind of weirdly principled, which is kind of what's yeah. so funny. He's yeah. this yeah. sort of like almost quite sort of childish. Like, but but it's shocking because obviously Ray Fiennes doesn't appear until <laughs> the second half of the film. And for the first half, you think he's just this kind of evil scumbag who will do anything to kill anyone and has no principles whatsoever. And then he turns out to be this actually quite sort of cultured, man, yeah. warped, sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a brilliant line. That is like, yeah. yeah. Look, I'm sorry I called you an inanimate object. It's such a so quotable great. movie. It's true. There's something that I think there is probably something about coming from the theatre world where you probably rely less on action and yeah. setting and everything. Yeah. Because you've just got the actors on the, the stage, stage to, to play with. So you probably do hone your craft at writing dialogue in a way that you might not from, from, from film. But yeah, I think it's... um. It, it, it serves it well in this film because the characters are just so hilarious when we've talked about Pulp Fiction in the past when the past sorry not Pulp Fiction um, Reservoir Dogs yeah. we've also said it is like a play yeah, because we, yeah. it doesn't have a lot of yeah. Uh, yeah, locations and actually when you look at In Bruges you've got the hotel room the, the the bar they go back to there's a there's a restaurant scene in the flat but it's not like you could very easily put that in a on a stage yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly there's I mean, just the a bell tower a square in a square yeah. in Bruges yeah <laughs> basically the bell tower is the only real like yeah I wonder yeah. whether Reservoir Dogs um or in Bruges but Reservoir Dogs is a bit older has actually been adapted as a play because he could mm. yeah just going back to those themes and those traits that he keeps bringing and putting into his films um I like how early in his film career and they kind of developed and he kind of kept them on um seven psychopaths uh just full of those references mm. uh, for me it was the, his best film for some reason i don't know why seven psychopaths yeah wow really? interesting i think i think it's his worst actually <laughs> yeah um, we'll come on to that in a, in a minute yeah, though. Yeah. um in bruges the, this whole thing of being trapped there yeah and it being purgatory <laughs> because of the length of time they have to stay there for it's interesting how they kind of expand those conversations a bit well it's i mean it's basically all about redemption as a film really isn't it so it's kind of they they go into this kind of absurdist world where which is neither here nor there and then it's sort of, i think it quite quickly becomes apparent that this is supposed to be a little bit of a, a kind of purgatory allegory yeah but then what's interesting is that it's not just about redemption for that one character because i guess the thing that true that drives it is is colin farrell's character has obviously done something terrible and then he's in he's in purgatory and he's either going to get killed or kill himself or he's going to sort of you know go into the heaven if you like in quotation marks of of living his life and doing something good but actually there's a kind of redemption narrative going on with the other two as well so with um ken's character yeah ken yeah ken's character you're obviously sort of getting the sense that he's he's kind of found himself um kind of going off track because his his wife was killed and then he got into the debt of Harry and 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 he's done so much bad stuff that he's kind of like lost and he sort of redeems himself by doing what he thinks needs to be done which is saving Colin Farrell's character yep and then Harry even <laughs> has this weird sort of like I think for him redemption is sticking true to his principles yeah. so like there's a, a weird moment for Harry that he kind of redeems himself by shooting, shooting himself. himself at the end because he sort of stays true to this weird yeah. twisted yeah. principle but, 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 yeah. at the start Ray and Harry basically ag- agree in that Ray ag- 
agrees that he should die yeah. because he's killed the kid. And Harry, you know, as we as we find out, thinks Ray should die. Yeah, it's kind of Ken that is like sets the narrative on a different path of being yeah. like, yeah. well, actually, he, yeah, because he understands that a life living where you're not where mm-hmm. you're just you're trying to get be a better person and get past is more fruitful than just killing yourself to get past it. Yeah, yeah. What I found interesting about Harry was that he followed that that moral code to such a T mm. that he actually ended up killing himself for the wrong reason because he didn't yeah. shoot a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, one th- th- well, yeah, but also just shows how like almost how stubborn he is in that he didn't really learn anything. But there yeah. is there is one thing I <laughs> there is one thing I found in it which I'm not sure whether this was deliberate, but so Ray has accidentally killed a boy which yeah. is the reason he then needs to be killed yeah. but in the conversations between Ken and Harry they refer to Ray as the boy a lot mm. they say yeah. he's just the boy like they're yeah. referring to Ray so oh, I don't that's know whether that's yeah. Yeah, that as in he's so in a way killing Ray he's obviously not a boy but like yeah. he's a young a young man with his life ahead of him yeah yeah, yeah. that's interesting I didn't, I didn't pick up on that that's flawed, yeah. everyone. <laughs> that's, flawed. that's flawed, everyone. Jesus. Yeah. We've gone, we gone deep okay. in Bruges. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was, uh, to, go, to go even deeper, I can't claim this is my own, but I, I saw a really interesting thing that was saying that Harry is Satan and God, right? If right. you look at re- li- religiously. Kind of, yeah. yeah, he kind of goes... He's, kind of, he's basically Satan, I think. But And then you've got um, Ken is Jesus. Right. He sacrifices himself, yep. and uh, okay. and Ray is humanity. So, in order for <laughs> Ray to be shown, I like the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the path of light, Ken literally sacrifices himself for throwing himself off a off the tower. And then you've got Harry, who's just he's on a path of destruction at, yeah. at a certain point in the film after the phone call. Yeah, it's, it's an I'm not saying it's no, the, no, it's, the it's, definitive it's, reading, but I, but considering how much religious yeah. undertone there but is also in the movie, not, not also, just religious, Catholic specifically. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not a coincidence that it's Irish characters in a sort of yeah. in a Catholic yeah, yeah. town, yeah. where everything is about. It's all driven by guilt, basically, right? Yeah. So everyone knows that they're living in sin. <laughs> yeah, true. And, and there's this kind of, I don't know, it's like. Uh, Igleic, I can't remember the word, but like the tone to the film is kind of the music and the yeah. way that it's it comes together is yeah. very kind of um, it's almost like you're sitting in a cathedral yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to the music. It's very like Ecclesi- ecclesiastical kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, so it feels like there's hymns and stuff going yeah. on. And when you watch the deleted scenes, you yeah. actually realise they they don't serve the right tone that yeah. the film was eventually edited into because they 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 uh, there's so much foreshadowing in the deleted scenes yeah. that is actually a bit on the nose well so per, I, think, I mean yeah so per, per other than the scene where he cuts his head off because I mean the Catholic <laughs> is, it is a commentary it must I mean from McDonald's point of view if he's everything he writes I think kind of has a bit of a, a, a reference to his Irish heritage but this this film obviously is hugely in that in that genre because I mean the kind of like the kind of like horrible thing about about being a Catholic and also the most amazing thing about being a Catholic is this notion that you're kind of born in sin. So you're already fucked. Yeah. But it's also that anyone can redeem themselves. Mm. So it's this kind of notion of like everybody everybody starts the film like completely sinful. Everybody. There's no one in there except for maybe like the mother and the child, the pregnant kind of receptionist person. Yeah. Um, Who's kind of like, you know, in the middle of has done loads of really bad shit even his girlfriend and sort of people like that have all kind of done these horrible things um but you're always faced with this choice of either kind of giving into that and sort of like accepting that you're that you might as well die because you're 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 terrible or you actually fight for for life you know for actually kind of redeeming yourself 
Um, and that comes through throughout the whole film, I think. I mean, on my first viewing, I did not pick up any of that. I just picked up that they had a couple of beers. <laughs> someone <laughs> someone yeah. threw themselves yeah. off a yeah. tower. Pretty much. I don't think I... I think the, the moment seeing that Hieronymus Bosch painting and they're talking about purgatory, that then it's like, oh, this okay. is all a big okay. category for, for yeah. heaven and hell and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. What's interesting as well about this film is that it, I don't think it was kind of marketed as that sort of highbrow kind of a... It's yeah. a hard film to distill, isn't it? If you just take even having to market it out of out of it, if you were trying to explain it to someone, I think the the vanilla way of doing it is say it's, it's a tragic comedy because yeah. that's, that's I think it's actually doing it a disservice. Yeah. Two hitmen, one boss. Yeah. yeah. And brute. But like, there's, <laughs> it's a hard <laughs> film to define because it's, it's kind of a meeting of a lot of genres and styles. Like, yeah. you can say Tarantino, but it's not... Really, it's just dashing of it. It's not the you know the whole thing, and then you've got the gangster stuff in there, which I felt was a tiny bit Guy Ritchie, like <laughs> some of it. It's even just some of yeah, the way that of it. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, obviously, you've got the tragic elements, and you've got the the comic elements. But then you've also got it's quite moving in places. Mm. I thought mm. it's really moving. I think yeah, it's a really uh... you really feel for Ray when you find out why he's yeah hassling himself and you I don't know I felt oh yeah like, yeah at times they're like Jesus Christ get over it yeah but also just like how can you yeah how can mm. you get over it yeah true Ray's character is an interesting one as well because he's obviously so flawed and so fucked up but you just you actually feel really warmly towards him because he's obviously such a child like do you know what I mean he he plays yeah. this like, yeah. like innocent innocent kid really well who's yeah he's just kind of just fucked up and well he yeah. he, want, he wants to kind of move on from it but he just he can't, can't yeah. because he's literally stuck in, in Bruges. Bruges. <laughs> yeah. he's kind of a stroppy i feel like the direction was kind of stroppy teenager yeah, at the start because yeah, he's dragging his feet being like oh. i don't want to yeah. yeah and when he when he sees the film set um he's like oh, i want to so go excited. see this yeah, yeah, yeah and ken's like this is the best thing we've had since yeah he's like you and your buildings <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing like, you ain't going up there this is fucking elephants <laughs> so bad. there's a deleted scene where he's, e- he's eating an ice cream oh yeah he looks like a kid basically. he looks like he's literally slouched eating this ice cream <laughs> next to ken <laughs> ken looks like his dad and it's, yeah <laughs> definitely a theme or well, I thought um, with um, Martin's films with Ben Bruges and Three Billboards I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths mm. but the character that starts off with very little redeeming features mm. and then by the end um, you kind of they're quite likeable or you know oh, yeah. more likeable yeah, yeah. they've sort yeah. of redeemed themselves yeah, That's yeah. Like have Sam you, Rockwell's character yeah exactly yeah. he's the yeah, so yeah at yeah. the beginning there's kind of nothing good about him but by the end mm. you're right Brendan Gleeson said about uh, on that point was he said he thought the genius of, of McDee's writing was um, that you don't actually hate anyone in his mm. films. Mm. They're all likeable in some way. Like even Harry, who's basically meant to be yeah. a psycho kind yeah, you of love gangster. Him. You actually love hilarious. him. Yeah. You kind of like everyone in their own way, which is actually, when you think about it, probably quite a difficult thing to achieve because yeah. in order for there to be a villain, you think that you have to hate There's got to be a real order. threat. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel like Harry's threat is that you know that he's going to go through with what he says. He's yeah. just it's acted in such a well, that's, that, that, convincing... Well, he gets half talked out of it because he was going to yeah. shoot Ken in the head 
initially and he gets talk- he shoots him in the leg but he does yeah. get talked down <laughs> from it yeah that's true because of their past like, well, I'm not going to do nothing am I <laughs> yeah so but that's an interesting point about and again it comes back to the skill of the of the building these characters of the writing because there's something very kind of um, for all of its sort of ethereal nature and everything ethereal that was the word I was oh. looking for earlier <laughs> Gallic, for all of that the, kind of treatment what was I talking about in Gallic I'll edit that out and if I've left it in it's because you can laugh at me there'll be a point in the podcast where it just goes Dom's in the middle of speaking and then it's like ethereal <laughs> I um, thought the movie was ethereal <laughs> like a Siri voice um, but yeah no so for all of its treatment being like that actually there are so there are a few elements in it that are actually kind of sort of true to life as in things just wouldn't go the way you planned I read an interesting review about it earlier on today which was talking about how the time why isn't it why is it that everybody whenever everybody kind of goes up for like the the snipe or something to like take out the bad guy or whatever always the Mm. weather's perfectly clear and therefore it means they can do it but the whole thing about him going up to the tower and then there being fog oh I really like that is a really nice example it was of just, just like reality getting in the way yeah of but also story. Bruges getting in the way yeah exactly. <laughs> just, just like, I felt the look on his face was like fuck's <laughs> <Exactly>. sake <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think yeah because I think that's like that to, to the point about you know you don't hate anybody in it I think there's probably a bit of life in that in that like it's not as simple as like a good guy and a bad guy they're all they're all flawed humans Harry's character very cleverly brings to life actually why people do become evil it's because they've got some principles and they're staying true to them yeah they just won't move from yeah Yeah. it's just a different kind of morality well it just kind of just sets that like you are you're kind of your own story's hero so they all see themselves as correct yeah yeah Yeah. that's true yeah they all kind of go on their own like three-pronged thing they go off on it and and it's just because they clash yeah because they, their principles or their morals just won't allow them to mm. to see the other point of view yeah in a way yeah, I mean, yeah. except kind of can I guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he kind of is able to but also he's the oldest of them all I feel like mm. yeah like mm. even Harry seemed younger than, than but I also think he's because he lost his wife I feel like he's got this introspective thing about him mm. where... yeah. yeah 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 so he's he's like the, the wisest one yeah. um, so he's kind of able to shift with with having a dead kid on your conscience you know yeah um but whereas the other two just won't Mm. absolute opposites yeah the very start of the film bruise is shot like a yeah, it starts like it's filmed like a travel log. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you put on an old VHS about like visiting Bruges, you yeah. kind of get that. And obviously, by the end, it's it's filmed quite harshly and almost kind of trapping. Even yeah. in the stairwell at the end when he's shot. Isn't that the same with Don't Look Now? Don't Look Now, yeah, yeah. I think has a, a sim like it's like a beautiful city with a violent yeah. edge mm, kind of exactly. thing. Mm. I thought one of the great scenes that kind of took that and played with the the writing of of it looking beautiful, not necessarily just showing it visually, was the phone call between. Um, Ken and Harry when Harry's like it's like a fairy tale town isn't it oh, yeah. and he's going on about how much he's oh, I'd love Bruges like oh, I'll go there every every year <laughs> and the slow realisation because bear in mind that whole that whole um, scene is one shot yeah it's one take isn't and it? he's constantly getting up from the bed kind of pretending that uh, Ray is gone and yeah. and the slow realisation on Brendan Gleeson about it I feel like was the turning point of Bruges as a location so yeah. it kind of came from being this like oh we're just here hanging out until Harry says yeah. we can come back to the UK yeah. then suddenly when it became like oh uh, yeah I wanted to give him one last the Bruges is actually this horrible place where mm. you, it's going to be taken away from you yeah. thought that was that was really cool yeah. to see that played out in a scene yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the evolution of it was that a great long shot I actually thought what was going to happen in that though is he was going to make all this big deal about um, Ray going out close the door and stuff he's like he's gone he's gone and then Ray would kind of turn up and he wouldn't realise 
mm. and have oh, the phone right. and then have the conversation and have to be really sh- sh- um like shirty about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, actually it didn't happen, but that kind of <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> what because it was because it didn't cut because it was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought, so it, yeah, I thought Ray would kind yeah. of sneak in and then it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Point. No. And and I think another great thing about apart from Gleason's acting, another great thing about that 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 scene is it gives you the opportunity to really kind of understand the mind of Harry. Like that he's a quite a complex, he's a really complex villain. And mm. you go, you get through that conversation, this weird sort of duality of his character, which is actually kind of quite, I won't quite say warm, but there's a kind of human element to him. He wants. He's, he's cultured. I don't know what it. He's like he re- sort it, of respects. Fundamentally, I think he kind of like <laughs> wants people to be happy and <laughs> in his own. He's got this weird, weird way. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, he has to die, but I don't it's want just, him to have a nasty time. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, and you just get this sort of sense of Gleason's kind of knows how to speak to him, and yeah, I don't know. It completely sets up this character in a different way. By so much foreshadowing as well with yeah. across the entire film. I think when I watched it a second or third time, it's a little bit like um, Get Out in that when you watch it a second yeah, or yeah. third time, you go, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he he even says, Harry, to Ken when, when they meet and they have that kind of reluctant beer and Harry's like, <laughs> I'm not going to have a shootout in the middle of fucking Bruges, am I? But he actually he actually does end up doing that yeah, later yeah, on yeah, when exactly. he runs <laughs> off. But then he's like, yeah, in the middle of a thousand fucking Belgians. <laughs> And all the other nationalities just here on their holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's little little tweaks of the script like that, completely unnecessary, yeah. but so funny. Yeah, and great. all the other nationalities here on their holidays. In that, in that, in that, in that really long conversation with um, when they're on the phone, and he, uh, he initially says like, um, oh, it's like a fairy tale place. And he's like, I don't think it was really his thing. And he's like, what? How can it not be his oh, thing? Yeah. Uh, he has to, then he has to go around the houses what to explain it. He's like, well, no, when he first arrived, he wasn't sure because oh, of the A road. Yeah. But actually, yeah. yeah, that was good. I've not yeah. seen the dual carriageway. But there you go. That is true. That's, that's that comes back to the point that um, uh, Ken's character is the only only grown up really. Do you know what I mean? You've got you've got Ray, who's obviously a kid in comparison, but yeah. then Harry, who actually is just like a petulant child. And Ken knows how to speak to him just to kind of get him back back on back on the okay side. Yeah, Ken's the only grown up, the only one who's actually sort of. He's the most measured. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he actually can kind of change. You know, he can. Should we? Can we throw some light though as well to the supporting cast? Because I thought. Yeah. I thought um, Marie is it? Who's the pregnant B and B co-owner? I'm not the receptionist. Yeah. I'm the co-owner. Co-owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her Chloe, who's the girlfriend, Jimmy. Fleur, you mean? Yeah. Is it Fleur? No, no that's from Harry Potter. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, could I just shout out to the the tower guard. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. he was brilliant. Five euro. euro. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also some foreshadowing there dunk, because dunk, dunk. the um, Martin McDonough said the coins that he uses to try and pay. Uh, he wouldn't have the, the, them. He, later on, he uses them to drop from the tower to clear the way. Clear the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the spot yeah. below. Yeah, and he because have he, them if he'd taken if them, he'd yeah. that's it, really clever. Yeah, which yeah. Are you happy with your work? Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the yeah, the supporting cast yeah. was brilliant. When um, Marie sat in front of uh, Harry and Ray mm. when they're shooting, and she's like, "I'm not moving," you know, like yeah, yeah. on the on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought it was just brilliant. It was yeah. such an unusual. And she's pregnant. She's like yeah, this yeah. pregnant woman sitting yeah, in the way of them. And it kind of just shows how boyish they both yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, and like, then, three, and two, one, start. you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I won't move until you go outside. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Sparry, you've seen Un- Untouchables as well. But there's just like, there's that bit on the stairs when Ray is thinking of shooting Harry while he's talking yeah. to Marie. 
and it's like really yeah. tense and it like yeah. goes in and he's got the gun and it kind of reminded me of the stair scene when from Untouchables George's stone is lying on the yeah on the ground yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah mm-hmm. well that's that's. I mean that's that's kind of the first signal of um, Ray's redemption isn't it because he killed that little boy because he shot someone accidentally while shooting somebody else and he could have he done the same thing, yeah, basically, yeah. to like shoot, to, to get out of, you know, about being shot himself. But he doesn't want to, he doesn't he trust doesn't, himself. Because he, yeah. might, he might accidentally he shoot might. someone innocent. Yeah. So it's like, that's his kind of full circle. I've, I've grown as a person. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. Did, did anyone else think he wasn't, when they pl- did the plan and he's like, I'm going to go, uh, you know, you can shoot at me from there yeah. when I jump out the window. I thought, <laughs> even though I'd seen it, I can fully remember. I thought that it was going to be one of those ones where it's like, all right, go. And then he just like <laughs> runs down the stairs yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Yeah, but when he actually did it, I was like, "Oh shit, he's done it!" Yeah, he's like, no, but he's, uh, you, you are actually going to go. I'm not going to come back in ten minutes and find you hiding in the cupboard. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry um, has some really, Harry's, really great every lines. Every line is just brilliant. Yeah, you're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> Deliverance as well. Ray, Ray Fiennes was character. Yeah, like, his brilliant. acting is just he's so amazing. Great. Yeah, he should be in in more comedies. Yeah, the, like just McDonald's comedies at least. Yeah, but Grand Budapest Hotel. I thought he was. Oh hilarious. yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe it's just I don't know. The Dark Lord. Everyone just knows him as that. <laughs> what, he, he, he yeah. must he must not be named. He must Dark, not be named. Dark Lord with uh, with Ken's uh, son Charlie <laughs> Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Eye Moody. We're yeah. actually saying on the way here, all three of them are in Harry Potter because Colin Farrell's in oh, those. Man, I moved. I didn't realise. Everyone's yeah. in Harry Potter. He's in Fantastic Beasts. Uh... I think I'm in Harry Potter. <laughs> really? Who do you play? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Have <laughs> I've not seen Harry Potter. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a great role. <laughs> not seen Harry Potter. What the, who are you? Have you heard of it? Well, I've you're s- an animate. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, Gleason's were in it. Gleason is both of Mad Eye Moody, and obviously. then and, and Domino Gleason is. So there's the there's oh, a family yeah. called the Weasleys. We have, have like eight children, and he's one of the sons. Yeah, he's because he's Charlie. Yeah. Charlie Weasley. Yeah, he's yeah. the oldest son. Well, there you go. Sorry. Dean. Next time on, uh, you never forget your first. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> um, anyway. What do we think about violence being used in the film? Because I, I was going to kick this off. It's done so well. Just going back to, to Pulp Fiction, I was reading a really interesting thing that was saying when the uh, when um, Travolta and Samuel Jackson accidentally blow the head off that guy. Oh, yeah. Right. It kind of comes out of nowhere. And there's a way of reading it where you're like, uh, it just kind of comes out of nowhere and they spend most of the movie trying to like clean it up. But really, it's just an introduction to get this Mr. Wolf character who comes in. Okay. And, you know, you're, you're like, yeah, whatever. But then... When you have this, um, the violence at the end of In Bruges, yeah. when the, the amazing acting, when Colin Farrell gets shot, and then Ralph uh, Fiennes kind of realizes what he's done and shoots himself, but you know that he shouldn't shoot himself, but mm. he's going to do it anyway. That kind of like satisfying, dramatic close, but it's also really funny. It's such a great payoff. Yeah. That's kind of when you compare that to the way that violence is used in, okay. in something like Pulp yeah, Fiction, yeah. you can kind of look at it and go, well, there's actually a really great narrative reason why that's happened. And yeah. it's such a great payoff. It's, like used, it's kind of yeah. the central idea of the film. Right? The big difference is that obviously it's like, no, they don't, he doesn't hold back with writing violence in. And on the contrary, he kind of, if, if it's going to be anything, it will be the kind of like severe version of, of the violence. Mm. But every piece of violence serves a plot point And, like develops a character in some way. Yeah, true. I think with Tarantino, you you do get much more kind of 
it's an overused word but kind of gratuitous violence in the mm. sense that like it, i suppose it adds to the kind of like tenor of the film but it's not really kind of necessary yeah, not to say that plot. either's better or worse no, but i found no. within bruges like yeah, it's so, used for the plot uh, yeah for the and it kind of showed how senseless it really yeah was yeah like like we were saying earlier if harry had just realized what he'd done he wouldn't have shot no he, he yeah, wouldn't yeah. have shot himself yeah and there's foreshadowing actually there because he's like if i kill a little boy I yeah, yeah, yeah my I brains out yeah, on yeah. the spot yeah exactly um, and I suppose it's, it's it, violence is somewhat made fun of in this film, like with the Uzi line. Yeah. Um, and when he shoots the guy in the eye with the blanks. Oh, oh yeah, of course. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, when he goes to pick up the Uzi, Harry, you know, the guy who's had his eye blinded is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Harry's like, well, it sounds like it sounds was like awful, awful, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of shows how, like. You just... let someone take, take a gun off you and shoot you in the eye with blanks. <laughs> yeah. Like that. <yeah. laughs> What were you thinking? It's true. Like, yeah. how could you let that happen? Oh uh, god, Harry is such a funny, yeah. such funny character. You retract that bit about my cunt fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I retract. So let me get this straight: the boy was going to kill himself, and you didn't kill him, oh, which would have just... solved my problem, your problem, and apparently the fucking boy's problem. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes must have loved jumping into that role yeah. there's just like so much to play with <laughs> but just I was just going to touch on what Lou said earlier about the marketing yeah. side of it oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it was because it, cause it's a bridge of so many different tones and styles and stuff I feel like it was maybe slightly mismarketed a little bit because I can imagine that they kind of like we were joking earlier they either said it's like an all out gangster shootout yeah. in Bruges or it's just a straight out comedy film yeah. And I wonder whether or not, even though it, the film did win a BAFTA, I think for Best Original Screenplay, yeah, yeah. Well, and it did get nominated for an Oscar, I think, yeah, for Best Original so. Screenplay, yeah. uh, it maybe didn't have the same... I feel like it basically found a new life on DVD. Yeah. I don't feel like it It was like a massive cultural phenomenon when it came out. Whereas now, when you talk to people about it in Bruges, most mm. people, I think, other than Spyro, when he well, no, first yeah, well, watched I, it... Funny yeah. enough, yeah, and I've, I've done a complete but, 180 on it. Um I was saying to Ben Asselio, when I first watched it, for some reason, there was a big hype about it and I just didn't get it, didn't find it that funny mm. um, and it irritated me. Yeah. Mm. But actually re-watching it, I really liked it. Yeah. So I guess it's mm. maybe just time. When did you first watch it? It was it was at least five or six years ago. Yeah. So it was a while ago. Kind of critically, it was really well received and a lot of, I mean, a lot of critics say it's like one of the best, you know, one of their favourite films. You know, it's 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 obviously always kind of gone down as a great film, but in terms of marketing it to a wide audience and getting a lot of people to watch it, yeah, I think it obviously didn't do that well. Like it has, it has over the years, but at the time that it was released, it didn't, it didn't kind of have the same popularity that it yeah. did then. Um, and I was saying earlier actually that not on the pod, so I shall repeat it for the, for the pod, um, <laughs> that I think maybe part of the reason is, so Colin Farrell now is kind of known for being in fairly good films, mm. but in 2008, he'd just yeah. been in Alexander. Yeah, uh, and had the Oliver what, Stone and, and movie, and <laughs> yeah, like fairly kind of fairly crap. Well, not not particularly interesting. Not films that are career for his acting. Yeah, career low, I think. Yeah, so if you see him in a film that looks a bit like that on the poster, let's not forget, you probably wouldn't. Let's not forget he was in like Daredevil, and he because he's the only recognizable person in in the film, mm. isn't he? Yeah, universally, yeah, absolutely. But then even Seven Psychopaths, mm. that wasn't very heavily marketed. Even though that one I saw in the cinema and I fucking loved it, but. Um, yeah, that was. I remember seeing a couple of posters here and there, but no, nothing, nothing of big mm. mass. mass but this market. was a this was a turnaround for for um, for Pharrell Williams, and he he 
quite far. Pharrell um, <laughs> 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 like, um But yeah, it's a bit of a turnaround for his career because you know if you think about where he was then, ironically, he's so well cast, yeah. and actually yeah, he's yeah. gone on to do like the Lobster. He's, he's gone got, got to do those kind of indie, now, yeah. strange indie yeah. things, which I does these I kind sh- of small budget films that are actually really interesting. Yeah, they really play to his strength as an actor. Yeah. I don't think he is found his groove fully in those big no. movies. I think recently his biggest one might have been well, well, yeah, those um, Harry Potter movies. You said, yeah, mm. but and, I mean, you know, I'd rather watch and him Widows in, and Widows. Yeah, wasn't sure about him in Widows. I was he in, in Bruges and Lobster and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, he was yeah. fantastic in the in Widows. Killing of Sacred Deer, who was in that. As yeah, well. but yeah, no, I think it was. Um, it, he's just genuinely a good actor, and this kind of comes through in in, he, in how well cast he was in this film. Yeah, and it's been a and since he's gone on to do great stuff. Yeah, yeah. So well done, Colin. Well done. One scene I thought, sorry, one line that I thought was really funny, which I never seems to get any love in this movie, is when Harry and Ken decide to go up the watchtower. And they go, uh, they re, um, they confront that gu- that guy who doesn't let Ken go up the tower earlier on in the film because yeah. he doesn't have enough money. Yeah. And he's like, the tower's closed, and he's like, well, why is it closed? And he's like, because Someone I never had a heart attack, attack up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to the fat so fucking elephants. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that guy was given a really funny line. Like that's actually uh, such a funny little throwback. That, that yeah. scene with the um with the uh, those Americans um or the elephants. That where he's like they're chasing him. It gets the camera. It's like it's like someone's first film. Yeah. Just goes like yeah. back and forth in and out of frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really. Just give funny. it up, fatty. Yeah, yeah. Just um, mention back to what uh, Louis said that the vi- the violence, right? It, it's it has a purpose, right? Yeah. So even those elephants being there, it, they still have a purpose because then obviously later they're not yeah. being let up the tower. So yeah, they it's, a, it's a closing <laughs> of, had a heart It's a closing of their characters yeah. even though they were so fucking minor. Yeah. Literally none of it. Like if, nothing is wasted in that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. like even, so like stuff like, uh, you know, when the dwarf is going through the kind of racist sort of apocalyptic idea. Yeah. I can't believe I've <laughs> You think, it. God, this is so random, but then it kind of, it kind of makes sense because at the end you're like, well, no, it wasn't an innocent person who died. He was this like racist guy, <laughs> yeah, racist yeah. drug addict. It was just like a really nasty piece of work. Yeah, I can't believe I've touched, uh, touched on Jimmy. He's, he's becomes quite a big part of the film. Yeah. And there's an interesting line he says to Ken during that scene where he says well what what side am I meant to be on yeah. because of his wife dying uh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and he says well you got to weigh up your options and yeah. make your own choice and yeah, it's kind of yeah. a, a bigger thing about what his decision has to be but I mean in that scene I'm not sure you'd ever take that meaning <laughs> out because you're just like this Jimmy guy and he gets yeah, karate yeah. chopped it's like <laughs> stay back what I kind of like is how like Jimmy and the, the boyfriend that gets blinded because Bruges seemingly is so small and yeah. people just kind of randomly walk kind yeah, of into yeah. each other and they're always like, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like even after all this mental stuff has happened the night before, <laughs> it's like Jimmy's on his way to work. Or something. He's I, like, think, um, I was on ketamine. What's that? It's a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> I can see you. Yeah. What could you see? Horses, I, uh, I suppose. <laughs> um, I, I, I've read something. I mean, I don't, I don't really know enough about, for all you art history enthusiasts out there, I don't know, know enough about this Hieronymus Bosch character, but he, he's famous for for doing these kind of hellish um trip triptychs you know see these like three-part paintings where um his depiction of judgment day and hell and purgatory was always with these kind of like slightly fantastical beings and things like that and apparently a lot of the kind of the visual part of of this film is it actually references some of his paintings so the i think the guy with the kind of patch over one eye 
and the dwarf and everything are actually they appear in Horonus Bosch paintings to depict purgatory. Wow. Yeah, so it could be. I mean, they tie together. At, at the end, where those people like have those masks on, that's you know, yeah, their, their judgment yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Film within a film, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. What did um, I? Th- I thought that I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. Yeah. Line sums it up. Yeah, but it was quite interesting. Mm. Do you, yeah. Well, I mean, do you if, think is he is is Ray alive or dead at the end of the film? Well, it's kind of. So I mean, I would because that I, sentence kind of, is a bit grammatically yeah, strange, isn't yeah. it? Because it's, it's deli- like in the past and future. Yeah, but also it's kind of irrelevant. I think is the point. So he he earlier in the film talks about how he thinks well maybe heaven and hell actually is just that kind of feeling when you die of whether you're kind of you feel like you're damned into eternity or you feel like you're yeah going to be fine and you really don't want to die you kind of are kind of open to life so there's a thing about like whether he dies or not he's kind of been redeemed because he he wants to live do you uh, know what i mean yeah. so there's a kind of like hope to him at the end which throughout the whole film there wasn't um, yeah true i mean there's also the question of like his own morals where he whether he chooses to yeah. to kind of live right so, i mean the whole movie is about like a bunch of morals conflicting right mm-hmm. um so do, do, does he change his morals and and um, and decide to live. It's it's really up to you mm. Mm. to decide. He I mean, even that, says no when Harry does it, doesn't yeah, he? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That whole last He's, that whole last sort of period of his of his life is he makes the decision not to shoot not to shoot um, Harry because he might hit the the pregnant woman. Yeah. He he um, tries to stop Harry from killing himself by sort of saying no no you've got the wrong end of the stick mm. and then he sort of openly says like I really hope I don't die. Yeah. yeah, like he's kind of he's kind of reached this point of uh, of redemption where he doesn't want to kill anyone and doesn't want to die himself. Yeah, just quite hopeful. So do you ending. think he, do you think he is alive then? Well, I don't know. Um, well, the thing is, ah. just so <laughs> morally speak, speaking about these. Characters, but if you had to answer, what would you? <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Well, three years later, he appeared in this film about the seven psychopaths. So I think it's fine. I think he's fine. I think he's doing okay. There's one one th- one thing I considered was he's um if they're in purgatory in Bruges. And he gets killed at the end of the film, and he dies. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he'll go to either heaven or hell? As in, he'll yeah. actually leave the leave yeah. that state? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As in, you have to die one way. Yeah, because yeah. Really yeah. doesn't, doesn't he say that in the film? Like Bruges is like the place where you. It may be Bruges is where you come when you. <laughs> yeah, I think when, I think he you, does say you, it when you die or something, or if you're if you're. Well, da- it's, it's like you're damned to somewhere. They're talking about purgatory. Oh, is it, is it with thing. the purgatory thing? But he, I think you're right. I think he does say, so a bit like fucking Bruges, as a, yeah, as a bit yeah. of a throwaway yeah, comment. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and Ken, yeah. Ken also says about purgatory, like, you, it's like you're in between. You're not, yeah. you're not really you're not that really bad. bad. <laughs> but yeah. you're not all, really all that good either. <laughs> no, <that's very> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which basically describes humans. True. Oh! oh shit. <laughs> Getting heavy on this podcast. <laughs> shit! Yeah, that's not true. Humans are black and white. <laughs> yeah, Harry's bad. Ray's good. It's, it's obvious. <laughs> what the you're, fuck is that supposed to make? You're, you're obvious. <laughs> but you An s- Uzi. Was he going on to you about the alcoves? <laughs> not in Los fucking Angeles. Couple bits of trivia. The word fuck and its derivatives are said 126 times. Sounds about right. In this 107 minute <laughs> film, which is an average of 1.18 fucks per minute. 1.18? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it was also on the 2006 blacklist. 
which if people don't know is a list of the most liked unmade scripts in Hollywood. That is interesting. So Sorry, two years the most before liked unmade scripts. Yeah. So you've most got most likely to why, be made unmade films. Uh, most likely to be made. Most likely to be made. As in, it's just they're unmade movies that they're people un- aren't making, but right. they're a yeah, list they're, of the best ver- best ones of yeah. them. Yeah. 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 For producers to actually have a look through it. And I'm surprised like, it was. Most liked of the year. I mean, that's, that's yeah. in 2006. Jesus, so, that that's... Then, so that then implies that for, for at least two years, it was... it it's was Knocking about. Knocking about no one wanted yeah. to make, which is interesting. Well, maybe less, probably less than a year because it would have gone in pr- yeah, production in, two, yeah. in 2007 or seven probably. So yeah, great film. Great film. Really good. Perhaps his best? Mm, I don't know. I mean, depends who you speak I, to. Well, I does. would say it's his best, personally. Yeah. I'm going to well, put the, that the, out there. The, the, um, the Academy would beg to differ, obviously. I, I, preferred, I prefer Three Billboards, but I do like him Bruges a lot. Let's talk about his other films briefly, because our yeah. Seven Psychopaths was after In Bruges, at least four years after. Some of that. Yeah. He said he didn't want to make anything after In Bruges. He, he was just kind of like knocking about mm. traveling. In an interview just after In Bruges, he gave the name of he seven said Seven Psychopaths. I've no it. idea what it is, but I've, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seven Psychopaths. But, he, but come and on, then, Seven Psychopaths is so meta. He probably. Well, yeah, but oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then in yeah. the film, Seven Psychopaths, remember, like Colin Farrell's character starts with just Seven Psychopaths. Like, I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> so it is a kind of weirdly kind of yeah autobiographical, probably sort of uh, thing with that character. What do we think? Because Lou and I saw yeah. we saw Three Billboards when it came out, didn't we? We did. Uh, um, yeah, I so. was really really great to see a movie in the cinema where everyone was laughing and <laughs> yeah. just, must have been a, must have been yeah. a great spectacle to see in the cinema yeah it yeah, was really it was, good it was three billboards was the most american of his movies yeah i completely agree it's a it's a it's kind of full of meaning with a capital m yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's trying, exactly. trying, trying to tell a message you know yeah. about like the he, state he, of the world he's kind of he, it's almost a little too under nose for, for the most part mm. whereas in bruges it's so fucking like subtle with, yeah. its, mm. with its references um and it's more layered movie for me than, than yeah, psychopaths i think yeah but what? it's also because compared to the other two so seven psychopaths and three billboards um in bruges is actually at its core just a really simple story um but that means that he can layer it with loads of different yeah kind of I, I found seven psychopaths a bit convoluted yeah and with, that's kind of what he's known for i suppose now so with with seven psychopaths because that's the one i haven't seen that but mm. is that your main without kind of giving it away is that your main qualm with it it's just not uh, I, I, yeah, I felt that I wasn't, and I, you know, obviously was watching it. I just felt like I wasn't quite sure the motivations behind everyone. Like, why, why was everyone, mm. you, you know, why did they go off into the desert at a certain point, and why did this happen, and who's that? And I just felt like I was asking more, <laughs> I was just asking more questions I than, than I was kind of enjoying it. And yeah. I think for me that I know for me that's always a bad sign. And was a shame because having watched In Bruges so closely to it, mm. I, there were certain quips back and forth where I was like, that's the Marty McD I know. And then it just started to, I felt it went off. These these things that are set in LA, I think, mm-hmm. that are yeah. meta, I feel like they really, they really, really need to work hard to get out of it when it's set in, when it's set in the place of movies, yeah. movie land. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it kind of, it paints it into a corner. I will say, I did read an interview with Martin McDonald where the interviewer actually said, like, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think Sam Boss hit as well as in Bruges did. I think he kind of semi-agreed with him. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that one either. Kind of thing. Yeah, don't like I mean, this, I don't like films. <laughs> yeah, but he's, I, found that, I found that quite refreshing. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what his opinion is of it, but, yeah. it, uh, you know, obviously different places print different things but there was a big article and I felt like there was some credibility to what he was saying yeah that's from his totally movie. fine I mean I just I just uh, remember when watching it I was just like I re- remember kind of almost saying to myself I'm really enjoying this film yeah, yeah. in a way yeah um, that's that's yeah. I, I don't really 
It's got yeah, great moments, some great moments. Don't really pick mm. that movie apart, anyways. Like, not not in any shape or form. Like in Bruges, we we just did it with them. I feel like Seven Psychopaths would fall apart if it you would, picked yeah. it that. It if would. you picked it as deep as we have, absolutely. With, yeah, with, with um, Bruges. So I just enjoy it as just a little piece of cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think it's it's really it's really like a, a, a very seasoned writer just literally playing with the boundaries of writing. Yeah, because basically <laughs> it's a story about writing and all the different stuff that happens that kind of almost it takes you in and then back out of yeah. Yeah. of of the reality and then the, the surreality of the of the film. It's like he's just basically going through all the kind of like thought processes he goes through when he's writing. I don't yeah. want to simplify it, but I feel like Three Billboards was sort of a mix of In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Not not necessarily story-wise. The layeredness of In Bruges with the kind of ambitiousness yeah. of Seven Psychopaths. It's much more... Um, it followed the rules of like a film, I think, probably more than the other two. Like, it, it, it had some kind of hallmarks of, of classic McDonough, but it was... Yeah, I, I, I can. When you say it feels like the most American sort of Hollywood film, yeah. mm. I kind of agree. It just it it surprised me less than the other two as a kind of like a slightly experimental piece of writing. Yeah. Mm. So in in Bruges, you have those weird little moments where like uh, you don't expect. So when Harry just actually shoots at um, Ray, right? Yeah. You didn't expect that to happen. You thought he's gonna run down. That's what would happen in a more American yeah. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So that one pretty much does do that mm. but then you have those moments where let's say Sam Rockwell throws that dude out of the window you're yeah. like oh, okay he's kind of pushing it here yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah he kind of like he kind of sees saw what worked and what didn't with Sam Psychopaths and in Bruges and just kind of applied mm. that kind of writing to this because mm. it's still controversial in, in the ways in the ways he that he did make the film mm. like the yeah questions of morality and like because him and his brother notice what he do is um, all the films are kind of based loosely around people that are shit at their jobs um, so the guard was terrible <laughs> like the, yeah. the actual guard was yeah. fucking terrible yeah. um, war on everyone was about two police officers who are corrupt as fucking yeah, shit yeah Colin Farrell's crap in in Bruges and in as yeah. a writer yeah, shit and hit man, man. Yeah. Yeah. so you shit know man. he kind of focused on those <laughs> like you know the more everyday aspect of just being shit at, your, at the job you're meant to do mm. yeah um, so that's interesting actually I, I guess and I suppose the one thing yeah. that um in Bruges doesn't have going for it is Sam Rockwell who is uh, so great in both Sam Seven Psychopaths and Three so Billboards good. Three Billboards he was amazing in yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was yeah, that's, <laughs> a, he's, that's a brilliant character yeah yeah. but after after In Bruges and Three Billboards he's definitely someone who I'd go out of my way to the cinema now to yeah. see whatever yeah. his next thing is yeah I, I really do think In Bruges was like a solid solid first film definitely yeah, like, yeah, if absolutely. anything Fuck. it maybe is his best one for me maybe it's, it's the European best element to it that I'd I know what you mean yeah. Into. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do enjoy that as well that aspect as a European yourself oh look at that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a question from Scott my man Scott hi Scott hey Scott who's, uh, who's basically said um, his favourite scene was the in, was the hotel shootout scene mm. with the where, where uh, Marie steps sits yeah, 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 yeah steps yeah. in um, just for the complete absurdity of it you stupid boys <laughs> <laughs> and what was your favourite scene and why I think it's for me at least. It's um, the the elephant one that the, the Americans Canadians. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was, and the way it was just filmed, like it it does. It, I think Luke said that it just looks like a first f- student <laughs> film or whatever. Um, that and shot, yeah. It kind of defines yeah. defines the film for me in in being so indie and kind of being. It, it is his first feature de- mm. debut, right? Mm. So it it does convey the silliness of it and just how mm. of 
the in- indie spirit of yeah. the whole film. Yeah. Um, so I and it was funny as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for me, for me, it was the elephant scene. The scene where he. Uh, where the thing with the bruise happens. With the thing with the bruise. <laughs> where, where, where he shoots the uh, shoots the skinhead in the eye yeah. with the. Uh, oh with the yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. But mainly, mainly just uh, I always just choose the scene I find the most funny, but I did find it pretty amusing. I cannot see. Then I he, cannot start, see and he starts kicking off at him with yeah. no sympathy. There's yeah. a lot. There's kind of like three things going on there because he's like, "Who is this guy?" And she's like, "Oh, it's my ex boyfriend." And he's like, "I'm your boyfriend." And she's trying to. But then they have a moment. And like, he's like, oh, I knew no one would like me. I yeah, mean. I wouldn't like me because it's not no one nice like you. And then they have this moment and he's like, my eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really good because it could have been so on the so nose with, with with that. Yeah, really um, shows really shows the adolescence of, of Ray's character, that one, because he's kind of like defending himself. But he's also really upset and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. angry, but he's just a complete slave to his emotions. <laughs> Again, with Harry, the interaction with with um ken because what you know when when they kind of go into the square and it's like they finally meet and that's a great scene together. Oh, yeah. they yeah. sit down and have their quote gay beers together yeah um and they just start sort of talking through because it's they're kind of both speaking it as though there's like a rational solution to this situation <laughs> yeah it's not because he's angry it's because well no sorry in my book if you're gonna kill a little kid you've got to shoot yourself right there <laughs> yeah, isn't it? yeah and yeah, then yeah. there's that i think the one of the best lines is that bit where he kind of like you say, oh, come on, you're a cunt. And you're, all you're going to do is you're going to become more of a yeah. cunt. You're just going to have more of your cunt kids. And he says, boy, you take that back about my cunt kids. You retract that bit about my kids. Like, all right, I retract a bit about your cunt kids. <laughs> but it's like there are so rules. But also, but also that satisfies him. Yeah. He's like, thank yeah. you. He's yeah. like, I'll accept everything else. Oh, yeah. I know I'm a cunt, but yeah. my kids are not. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows this kind of like twisted reason that they follow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That for Harry, it's it just like makes weird... complete sense. Any scene where they were yeah. sitting just like having a beer, I was like, I just don't want to be in Bruges we're out of Bruges now time for a game we've left Bruges yeah Uh, I was just going to say just before uh, to let people know they can get in touch by different methods you can follow us on Instagram at firstfilmpod same for Twitter or you can email us at firstfilmpod at gmail.com send in your questions who that quote who that quote? Who that quote? Who that quote? Who that quote? All right, I'm gonna go first. My quote, and if these are new listeners listening, this is where we've all chosen a, a poster line a from a yeah tagline from a movie poster, and everyone else has to guess what the movie is. So mine is when he said "I do," he never said what he did. Oh, it's the. Um... Fuck. Is it the Hangover? I can give you a. a... I, it's James Cameron film, oh. isn't it? Uh, Avatar. <laughs> maybe. Not. He didn't direct it. But no, that's actually. I tell you what. Oh God! If I. I oh, wait, so he, sh- wait. So he didn't. James Cameron didn't direct it. Okay. No. No. Forget about James True Cameron. Lies. Yes. Oh. God. How did you get that? Because I'm pretty sure it's James Cameron. Googled it. Uh, Tarantino <laughs> True Lies right what did he we're about to find True out True Lies is this the is 1987 movie with... before he did James Cameron directed sorry 1994 movie James Cameron did direct it and because James Cameron uh, doesn't really yeah and Tarantino didn't write it so ignore me sorry <laughs> um, I apologise if you want to uh, contact me on at first one pod <laughs> let me I'm not trying to turn this into a plug but uh, and you can shout abuse at me True Romance was what uh-huh. True Romance Tarantino yes, wrote yes, my dad yeah, yeah. Um, yeah True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger 1994 movie you'll laugh you'll cry you'll hurl 
The Mask? No. Animal House? No. Sounds like some kind of frat movie. It, I'm going to yeah. do, do it in an Chevy, accent. Is it, if is it a Chevy Chase movie? <laughs> no. Vacation? Huh? Vacation? No. <laughs> I thought you said location, location, location. <laughs> Phil and Kirsty. <laughs> you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. National Lampoon's Holiday or something. Is it? We're talking... Um, yeah, give us a clue. Sort of early, mid-90s. Mid-90s? Yeah, early, mid. <laughs> is it mid-90s? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. American Pie. Um, no, I think earlier than than American Pie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's set in uh, California, but it uh, features the the main character is actually Scottish. Scottish main character. Well, sorry, the actor who plays the main character oh, right. is actually Scottish. Um, so but Mac- he's not a Scotsman in the film. No. McAvoy or the Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's Scottish. Hang on. Is it? Oh no, sorry, he's not Scottish. He's not Scottish. <laughs> God, this is like <laughs> this I, is I a... fucked up. Then Louis fucked up. Obviously, if you want to hurl us abuse at first film Porter on Instagram, I think my quote we may have already done. So that's well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll, well see. we're still gonna finish this. Do you want? Mm. Do you want me to sense check it? Um, if you uh, can read my writing, I'll try. Uh, okay, so Louis, you're gonna one, have to give us give us a, give us a solid give us a solid cue. A solid, a solid clue. Okay, all right. Um, it's a film that has. Uh, as a supporting actor, it's got. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Rob um, Lowe as a supporting character. Oh, Saint Elmo's Fast Eighties, Saint Elmo's Fire. No. I think you're gonna have to tell us. Yeah. Wayne's World. Uh, oh my god, oh, man! Uh, Mike Myers is not Scottish, but he's uh, part Liverpudlian. <laughs> all the same. That was difficult. Yeah. yeah. Good god. one. Good one. Good one. Idiot. Thanks. Idiot. Okay. Party time. Shwink. Nothing, nothing <laughs> on earth could come between them. Huh? Sorry, say it again, please. Ooh. Nothing on earth could come between them. Can I just say, I, I couldn't even read your handwriting for right, what the so film was. Titanic. <sighs> it's a Titanic. Yes, yes, is it? Yes. Oh, no. no way. But yeah. what, uh, something on earth did come between them. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking iceberg. <laughs> yeah, whoever wrote that is a fucking idiot. <laughs> did not watch the film. We've got a James Cameron theme going the on The Atlantic here. Ocean. Two out of the two quotes. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Two out of the three, even. Wow. Two um, out of the four, maybe, unless you've done a James no, Cameron quote. No, definitely not. Yeah. I don't even know who the fuck directed this. Okay. Maybe I do, I don't know. Um, so the quote is, just do's it. Deuce. Just do's it. As in juice. I might have fucked up the second word, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, How's it spelled? D-E-U-X-E. Just, just do's it. it. Tennis. Oh, Wimbledon. There's only one movie made with that fucking name. <laughs> Wimbledon, Wimbledon with that... No, it's not Wimbledon. No, is that movie? Yeah, yeah. really bad movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... With Kirsten Dunst. Is it? It's not is it part, v. McElroy. Is it something part duh? Yeah. Oh, um, just, oh, the, just the, the dodgeball. Oh two? my god, that movie is jokes with um Martin Sh- uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, Hot Shots. Part yes, duh. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that movie is, so is sick. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Hot Shots Part Duh. Yeah, man. Part duh. Movie. You ever seen that? No. It's just absurd movie with yeah, just I like Charlie up. Sheen where he's kind of take the piss out of Rambo. Yeah, it's kind of like Airplane, but if it was like an action movie. <laughs> okay. It's quite funny. It's yeah, kind of yeah. Airplane meets action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Airplane meets Mean Girls. Uh, what? Great. What? <laughs> 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 Where's Louis? What have you done with him? <laughs> okay, so uh, that was who? That I'm not going to do the song again. Who that? that quote. We're going to move on to short of the week. Oh, sure, yeah. Short the week. Short. It's very short. Our short this week is only a couple of weeks old. It's quite short. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. 
It's only three or four weeks old. Um, it's called The Brain and You, and it's written and directed by Paul Trillo. Premise of the short, which is about four minutes long, is a guy is walking along the street listening to this uh, political podcast. Brain and You. Brain and You. Yeah. And uh, he is kind of visually not doing what the podcast is over the audio kind of saying, right? So it's kind of saying you should be like a certain kind of person and kind of he, yeah i mean that's you should respect I... others and then he's like not respecting someone in in real yeah. life um, that's kind of a simple reading of it i mm-hmm. guess that's the kind of premise of it though i guess Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he walks around new york i think it is looks yeah I think looks so. like new york if it's not i need to know where that is <laughs> um what did we all think of this um i liked it um like the way it was filmed and obviously it's not like the the premise the premise isn't you know highbrow or anything it's mm-hmm. just um, but I just yeah the acting again was pretty minimal wasn't it it, it just following the camera it was the camera work that really intrigued me yeah. for the most part I yeah. thought it was really well shot like um, that's that's about it I mean for just in terms of story I would, if anything it's politically divisive, divisive yeah in, in America because they pick Donald Trump to say he's a psychopath or some shit yeah, um, yeah. And I remember, but it, I don't think the film had like a political agenda to it it's hard to say obviously it's yeah. written by him so yeah you could i scrolled in the comments and so, some guy just ranted <laughs> that like yeah yeah, yeah. trump is is not a Make fucking psychopath yeah. yeah something like that yeah yeah um so yeah other than that i mean I don't know someone did a very good trump impression actually in the recording of that podcast because yeah. they actually had him on like you know a quote from him oh yeah yeah, right, yeah yeah i'm a stable genius that uh, yeah. yeah it's a really good um <laughs> was really that, good is that actually a quote that yeah. Trump said yeah. I've, yeah, yeah is it I, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I thought it was uh, okay fine okay. I thought it was a um, like oh, somebody no, no, had imitated him yeah, to say that exactly said it I'm a truly stable I, genius I, I felt like maybe it was to me like the sh- it was shot nicely but it was kind of shot like an ad I felt I actually felt yeah, like yeah. it was a bit like yeah. an ad at the start which, you're waiting for the rug pull at the end kind of yeah like, which yeah, kind of the podcast. put me off a little bit there was that quite clever moment where obviously the things around him aren't really distracting him from that podcast but the one time he was distracted from listening to his podcast was when he was uh going on twitter and did you hear mm. the podcast say excuse me excuse me pay attention yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh really yeah and there's an interest uh, there's an interesting conceit there about like you know because let's say that the podcast can speak back and ask for attention it doesn't bother when it's he's like looking at people out in the real world because he you know they, the podcast knows he's that, listening yeah. yeah that they've got his it, they've got his attention but yeah. as soon as he's looking at something else on his phone yeah, that's when that's they're losing him yeah um that was that was quite a clever little sort of play with the with the conceit it's yeah, quite it's quite meta for us to be talking on a film podcast about <laughs> a short film about podcast yeah, yeah that is true actually um, overall, I was a bit underwhelmed by it, to be honest, from a kind of storytelling perspective. Yeah, that's I fair. I think it was quite a. Do you think it's such a dark uh, do pastiche? This kind of like, oh, you know, um, it's become quite cliche. You know, technology robs us of our interaction with the outside world, and then you know, the kind of moral of the story at the end. Unless something I completely missed, the moral of the story at the end is like, you know, people are willing to do for him what he wasn't doing for people throughout the whole thing, mm. and so humanity relies on people kind of interacting in the real world, not just uh, not just online. Um, I just thought that um, kind of moral, if there was one, it would just be like how, um, you know, the biggest narcissists and the biggest kind of like psychopaths don't pay attention to, to their own actions. And and in the end, there is a payoff. I mean, the guy gets punched in the mouth or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, mm. So I th- I thought kind of like a, a mirrored image, sort of a karmic retribution sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that yeah, well, I, th- I thought um, I thought it was was well shot. Like I think we mm. mostly said, yeah. Um, but I was yeah I was kind of waiting um, waiting for something at the end. I guess at the end uh, yeah I was a bit deflated. I thought he was maybe going to be some political candidate or something, mm. and then this was kind of going to be about him or mm. in that vein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think of that at the time of watching it, but if I rewatched it, I think yeah. it might clock a bit more. I think there was a certain theme, jumping on what you said, though, about this. I always see it on the train kind of every morning, like this people dual screening. Yeah. You're not really paying attention to what you're taking in, yeah. which I yeah. think was a big point of the film. Is like he's listening to it mm-hmm. and he's yeah. prioritizing it over like mm-hmm. life, else, really. but actually he's not really taking it in. Not no. actually really listening. Yeah, because when he orders that coffee, he doesn't take it out. But yeah. he, he he talks to her because he he just asks for coffee. But then she says something back to him, and he yeah he, he doesn't says, really like, yeah says no or yes or whatever yeah but yeah so he and he shows that guy that yeah I thought that was funny when yeah. he shows the directions yeah he's he like, just seems to point and just what just to get rid of them I thought yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Just like, but even the bit before that when he's the guy in the coffee shop when he's like oh braining you and the guy oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. listeners to the same podcast yeah, yeah. it kind of like sets him off on a bit of a bad journey yeah. after that I feel I like. also think I, so this is another thing it, it, I think it was quite a blunt way of being like oh the only people he can connect to are the people who he has the kind of digital experience with yeah. not yeah. like real life people who are sort of struggling up the stairs <laughs> I don't know Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry I, like, no, I don't want to hate on it because no, no, it, it, yeah. it says it like it's a perfectly it's a bit of a trope like coherent story it's just exactly it's such it a would, trope it's yeah. been done so many times now it's an inter- I think it was an interesting one for the pod to pull apart because it's yeah, different to yeah. what we've been used to before. It was not really... A sh- I, I, ben has actually told me the title of the film and I Vimeoed it and started watching yeah. that what we've watched. Yeah. But then I didn't think it was that because it didn't come across like a short. Mm. I watched a minute of it and was like, oh, this can't be the right thing. Yeah. And yeah. then it was yeah. like, no, 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 it's, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. That's it. So maybe not a strong pod recommend, but if you want to watch something a little bit different that isn't necessarily a strict narrative yeah. led yeah. thing. I mean, definitely listen, um, listen to what the pod people are saying. Yeah. Not us, the, those guys in yeah. the short film. Yeah. Um, because then you will get, they, they mentioned this some sort of weird Nad- Nadia and Kruger effect. I felt that that was the point kind of to challenge you to take this information in yeah. and not be distracted by everything else around you. Mm. Um, but yeah, soft recommend, I suppose. Soft, soft recommend. recommend. Quite. <laughs> so we're on the train. We're leaving Bruges. Seeing the dual carriageway. <laughs> Fucking Bruges. <laughs> You're an inanimate Bruges. <laughs> the dollar uh, is five euros. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your job, huh? Do <laughs> you? Yeah. Very much. You happy in your work? Yeah, yeah, happy in your work. <laughs> Very happy. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, do rate us five stars on iTunes because it helps immensely and uh, or follow us on Spotify or whatever other podcast service you use. And if there's one that we're not on, then please let us know. I feel like we're on most of the big ones, but uh, yeah, if there's any that no one, uh, anyone knows that we're not on, let us know. It wouldn't be a podcast episode without mentioning... Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? There was only one other thing I could have I could have mentioned. Nicholas Rogue, who we talked about earlier from Don't Look Now, oh, yeah. is a big influence on Nolan. Just got to get the Nolan call. Uh, <laughs> no. N- Christopher. Get out. He's also heavily... No, seriously, get out. 
You're in it. Nicholas Rogue, heavily featured on Mubi. We're still not sponsored by. That's oh, true. Oh, no. The double mention. Sparrow. <laughs> the M and the N. Sparrow, anything to say about Mubi? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to... Um, anything to say about Nolan? <laughs> Positive. Negative. Ah. They're both good, but no, because no, now, I'm, now I'm plugging it. I'm but... <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it, folks. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. That's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Louis. It's goodbye from him. It's goodbye from <laughs> seven psychopaths matter kind of thing going on. It's goodbye from the person called Sparrow. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Benas. Later. Uh, see ya. You're an animate fucking object. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.